All right, we're back for another episode of the Never Ending Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilliam, here again with Sean. I think this is episode 87. We're getting closer to draft day. And, Sean, we actually have a draft coming up in less than a week. Uh, at this time next week, we're recording on Sunday night. Uh, we'll all be cursing the gods for the calories consumed, not only in uh, elite beers like Bud Light and other fine beers, but also, I'm sure, uh, Nick and Akron will be making us plenty of nice cocktails with his... Yeah. Uh, He'll be like Tom Cruise uh, from the movie Cocktail. I There's think. a lot of similarities between him and Tom Cruise, <laughs> albeit nothing looks department, but similar, no. um, shall I quote, lifestyles. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, my wife made hamburger helper for her and my daughter this morning. I felt oh like that would be God. a staple in the in the Nick Schilling. Uh... No, he's actually <laughs> a fine meats. You're the one that eats the garbage. I eat the frozen meats. The frozen I had a nice, meats, yeah. nice ribeye tonight. So I'm primed, ready to go. I've got some red that I'm... I'm guzzling down and uh ready to talk fantasy football we are t-minus less than a week a week from now to your point we will be hungover and feeling yes. like absolute shit heading into what will <laughs> certainly be a miserable monday morning just as tomorrow oh, yeah. will be i'll be uh i'll be driving to uh pittsburgh uh monday morning to head on a flight so that'll be a lot of fun but i'm looking forward to it this year you know we're doing it right this year last year we we messed up a little bit had the draft on a sunday Never a good idea. Nobody drinks. That's half the fun. Our league champion refused to have the celebration drink out of the uh, the cup. And whenever anybody made an oopsies by taking Le'Veon Bell, you know, seventh overall when he's already gone fourth overall, um, the penalty of taking a shot didn't happen. But this year with the draft on a Saturday, we rented a lake house. Uh, we rented a, rented a limo to bring us to a casino. I mean, we're doing it right this year, Sean. Oh, big time. It's about time. The commission. You know, he's done with this world travels, his summer of travels. His life's about to start again as his school year begins. It's time for the culmination of the summer. This is the bash. This is the one that puts a nice little end cap, a little bookend on what the summer of 2018 was. Well, it's pretty interesting, too, because the commission gets a little taste of uh, the high life after making six grand on Baker Mayfield, and all of a sudden we're renting houses. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> look at look at how that worked out. <laughs> uh, they say money doesn't change people, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, we got the draft coming up, Sean. Uh, you're starting. You're starting the draft off picking third overall. A little shady business. Uh, you and your brother getting top three picks and being the ones picking uh, the order. But whatever. Different story with for Nick a different Vern, day. That, with Nick oh, Vern, oh, that and, also and, get four. He was sitting right. next to us. And Joe Arch uh, not helping your your case either, but. Uh, you're you're going pick three in our 14 team league PPR quarter point per carry. I think it's pretty cut and dry. What you're thinking here? Uh, there's the big four running backs. Um, if you had to, you know, gun to your head, what's everything looking like it's going to be when you make your pick when you're on the clock? Well, I, my ranking is Gurley, Gurley, Bell, Zeke, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Five, I have Kamara. Six Antonio Brown, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty cut and dry. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to go wrong with any of the top three. Um, and there was a trade, or apparently there's a conditional trade, barring <laughs> no injuries in the next week. Right. Um, that I think I'll probably end up with Gurley or Zeke. Right. And talking to your brother, because I know about that trade, uh, I'm actually pro Zeke going number one overall in our format this year. Reason being, I think that quarter point per carry is huge. For a guy yeah, like I hate that. I, I don't. I don't like the quarter point for it. I, I it should be, you know, fifteenth point one five or something. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't even know if I'm a fan of it in general, but it's kind of necessary. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't dislike give a it. Point for a catch, you have to give right. something for a True. carry. True, but um, you know, it, it's the definition of point pounding. You know, you you have thirty carries and your guys getting you what seven and a half points. Well, um, the days of thirty carries are gone. True, but not. But that's my point. I think for Zeke this year, he could sneakily get you uh, a twenty-point game just because they're riding him. Uh, because that passing game in Dallas is going to be less than mediocre this year. I feel like uh, with Michael Gallup, See, Alan I Horns, actually don't think they it, got nothing uh, there. I, this is a contrarian point, and we might touch on this. Well, well let's just dive into it now. I don't think Dallas receivers are going to be terrible. I think last year there is some truth to the handcuff. Um, of Dez and Witten and always right. having things overly kind of emphasized to them. Mm-hmm. Now it's go through your reads, make the throws. I think Beasley has a bump year. Gallup's going to have some decent games, but I'm not in love with him. I like Hearns, and I think 
what you're going to see is one game, one guy shines a little, another game, another guy. I am leery of the fact that they didn't go out and get a tight end yeah. in some way, shape, or form. It could have signed Gates. They, they could have did some things there that don't make a lot of sense um, as far as giving a safety blanket. But if Zeke's going to be that safety blanket, then then I think you know it's good for fantasy owners. Sure. I think my point is, is I don't see them – yeah, to your point, there's going to be guys who flash every other game and it'll be frustrating from a fantasy standpoint. And maybe it ends up that Dak is a, a solid low-end QB1 by the end of the year because he can run the ball. Uh, but I, I just think that the talent's not there. I mean, if you're relying on Alan Hearns being your, your stud go-to guy, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, of course, they won't be hamstrung with the, the 20 targets between the you know Dez and, and Witten demanding the ball. But – I just think that the problem is, is you, you really can't rely on any of those guys playing wide receiver. If if you're expecting Tavon Austin to be a playmaker for your team in 2018, uh, you're not really doing it right. So um, we'll see. I mean, like you said, you're in a good position. I, I, I'm not too far off from your top three. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Zeke one in our format. In a standard PPR format, I'd go Gurley one, so you can flip flop them there. Uh, and then I'm going Le'Veon Bell three. Reason being, I don't have David Johnson four, even though they're going to rely on him heavily with a new quarterback, a young quarterback. Uh, the offense, the offensive mind, Bruce Arians' game isn't going to be there, and that was a huge reason why you know Andrew Luck was great in Indianapolis. That's a huge reason why Carson Palmer was fantastic, and David Johnson was a benefit of that. Uh, I just don't see that happening again with a defensive-minded head coach. So DJ scares me a little bit. I don't think he's going to bust by any means, but. He's going fourth, fifth overall, and I don't think he's going to return value on. So on you got Antonio or Kamara at four? I would probably take Antonio at four, and then Kamara at five, and then I think DJ at six. What if in the next week Antonio Brown's still not practicing? And that's that's huge. Um, you know, with Antonio Brown being out with a quad injury, that they're saying should be fine. But again, if you're drafting early, it's really hard to to use the fifth overall pick on him. If he's not practicing for a week or two, he continues to slide, and I think that maybe I, a guy I hate like, muscle injuries. I just right. they nag, they linger. It's why I'm terrified of of Doug Baldwin, and and yeah. uh, you know. So we'll we'll get into you, but on the wraparound, you know, I'm in that 26 spot, and then right. pivoting, and then at the I think 31, um, Doug Baldwin was was kind of someone, and you look at the numbers, you don't love those. But the team's going to stink this year, or, or it should be, you know, worse than ex- it's not going to be this defen- defensive stalwart. Right. That you, they're going to have to get up and down a little bit. So you think Baldwin maybe takes a leap, gets back to the 11, 1200 yards, and then, you know, second round pick. That's exactly what you're looking for. And he's always been kind of a 9 10 touchdown guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's honestly, he's off my board unless, you know, he's. Unless there's something that comes in the next week, I just don't believe Pete Carroll. And I know we'll talk running backs with them. I don't yeah. buy Pete Carroll. I don't. I'm extraordinarily concerned there. Yeah, the knee injury is scary for Baldwin. Uh, to go real quick back to Antonio Brown, though, uh, let's not forget the Madden curse. <laughs> I mean that that curse is real. It's legit. I think. Uh, but uh, you know, if if I don't believe in curses, no, it's gonna bite you in the ass someday, Sean. I just uh, I, I watched a Game Seven Cubs come back. After we hit a, a, a tie game home run and Kipnis True. yanks one into right field bleachers or right field stands, I don't buy curses. That was otherwise still, we should have kept that curse on that stupid that Billy hurts, Goat huh? and them clowns from Chicago. Still hurts. It still hurts. What do you um, think? Yeah. So so no. To, I mean, to your point, uh, you know, to, to round up uh, the Doug Baldwin Antonio Brown conversation. I mean, if Antonio Brown continues to to be a no-show in practice the next two weeks, I think what happens is is you start considering Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins uh, ahead of him you know, early on in the first round, early to mid-first round, and then Antonio potentially becomes a, uh, a value at the end of the first round, which uh, he could be a great value. So, uh, and then Doug Baldwin, I don't even know what to think with him right now. I'm not, I'm not targeting him at all because I, you know, you don't want to waste a second or third round pick on a player who has a freaky knee injury that they're again, they're just not talking about. So um, don't expect to see either guy in preseason, which doesn't help us make our picks, you know, any more easier, but uh, that's, that's part of the fun of the game. So, so where are you at? So I got eleven. I got pick eleven. So um, what's Luke Gurley thinking at eleven? 
give me uh, give me your three that you're at least mulling over without right. giving too much away to the clowns in front of you, even though <laughs> those idiots don't listen, let alone have any talent. Yeah, so it's either I can go a few different directions with my squad. Um, I was taking a look at it first, and at, at first I was thinking a guy like Julio Jones could drop to me at 11, and if that was the case, pretty good wide receiver one to start with, even though you and I are both firmly on the train that Steve Sarkeesian should never be able to call a football game ever again in his life. Uh, if you look at Julio's numbers last year, other than the 250-yard three-touchdown game he had, uh, I forget what week it was, but in the middle of the season, he was. If you took that number out and then averaged out his 16 game pace with those the rest of his season, he finished as like a mid range wide receiver too, which isn't worth what he was getting drafted at uh, last year as a first round pick. Now, I think this year, hopefully, they realize we need to get the ball to Julio. That's how they got to the Super Bowl the year before. Um, so I do think that he should have a bounce back season when it's all said and done. So I am considering him there. Uh, I'm also looking at running backs such as. Saquon Barkley, though I don't think he'll drop to me at 11. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Those guys are kind of what I'm targeting. And then the real question is going to be, what do I like on the wraparound? Do I like to go with a wide receiver like Oh, the wraparound. (laughs) With with A.J. Green, uh, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, McCaffrey will not be there. Uh, I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to be there either. Well, that's a hot take. That's a hot take right there. Is it really? I think See, so. There's certain there's certain blocks. So you know, last time we talked a little over a week ago, I did, hadn't really done much breaking oh, down. I had focused a little bit on dynasty, but for the most part, cursory knowledge. There's blocks where I don't even look at guys. I love certain right. guys. Yep. But like, I think Cook's fantastic this year. I think McCaffrey's a fantastic. I don't like Hunt a lot that much. I, Mahomes terrifies me. Um, now, Melvin is it just Gordon, is it Mel, just Melvin Patrick Gordon's Mah- just steady Eddie? What's that? Is it just Patrick Mahomes that is causing you to think that that offense just takes a huge step back? And and the fact that that he tapered, he was struggled so much at the end of the year. I think there's a little bit of value in Spencer Ware. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it was more the middle of the season. I mean, he, Fournette, he came back I can't, on at the end of the year. I can't get a figure on, but I haven't had. I, I don't have to bother to look. Right, um, right. So, so like you, you, you know, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. I, you know, I love Michael Thomas. I, I think he's probably wide receiver three or four this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Beckham, obviously, but so it's interesting. Like you're talking, we're literally talking about a whole different subset of players almost throughout. Until right. we get into the later rounds, which we may have some guys that we particularly like, but it would either be reach one way or reach another way from either exactly. ours. But I'm now of the the thought process like screw some of these rankings. Take your gut feels because you're going to feel a hell of a lot better. And if it fails, you got no one to blame but yourself. Well, and if you're doing a mock draft, you know, based on ADP, and you're doing a mock draft with random guys in India or something like that, it always varies too. So I like to get. I mentioned, um, uh, what's the draft? So your second those. round. What are you looking at in second round? What are you thinking a little bit there? The second round. It all depends because on where you, I go. I can't believe you think McCaffrey's going to be there. I mean, I'd be picking pick seventeen. You don't think he's going to be there? At pick seventeen. I, I think don't. that's. I, I, I think. I think. McCaffrey is tailor made for a 13 13 16 or 14 15. I, I think he's him and Cook both. Yeah. I think one goes to one team and one goes to the other, or they both go to the same team. Mm-hmm. Which I can see. I mean, I could see that. I, I don't know I, because there are a lot of guys you mentioned, Michael Thomas, who is, is going towards the back end of the first round. I mean, we're, we're running out of room here. We're running out of – there's a lot of good players, I think, at the top uh, – throughout the first and the top of the second. I think you're um, going to be staring at Devontae Adams, and A.J. That Green, fr- uh, see, and De- Keenan Allen. Devont- okay, I'll, I'll tell you why all three of those guys scare me. Devontae Adams scares the shit out of me because I don't trust that he's a true number one wide receiver, and that's where he's being drafted this year. We talked about that in the last, pal- in the last pod. A.J. Green – I just don't want anything to do with Marvin Lewis's offense. I'm, I, I like AJ Green's talent. I just don't like um, the inconsistencies with his game as well. I mean, he oftentimes disappears. He he's a little bit of a, a little pansy too, where he uh, happens to get hurt and and kind of bitch out for a game or two. And then with Keenan Allen, he had a great year last year, but let's not forget the first few years of his career where he couldn't stay on the field. So um, uh, I would be Adams Allen. 
AJ Green. I'm terrified that AJ Green or Mike Evans is sitting there in the second Ugh, round for me. I, it would be. It would be. They would have slipped. I don't want either of them. I had AJ Green last year. I hated him. That role on my roster. Sucked. Yep. Um, yep. It, you know, it, if Doug, if Doug Baldwin's healthy, I'd take Doug Baldwin over AJ Green. That's where I, I would have. That. That's where I would actually have been in the second round. So, um, so what do you think? Do you think McKinnon, Freeman? Where are those guys? Are those guys going well, right after yours then? Uh, I can tell you I'm not taking Jarek McKinnon. I think he's one of the more overrated players in fantasy this year. I would consider if if McCaffrey's gone, Delvin Cook's gone, I would definitely consider Devontae Freeman there. He's a true workhorse running back. But, again, we're starting to have faith in the Sarkeesian uh, play calling, which petrifies petrifies me. Yeah, I, I know. Trust me, you don't have to sell me on Sark. <laughs> he, he literally bogged us down last year, and in hindsight, we – pissed away some big-time late-season Gronk performances mm-hmm. and Devontae Adam performances because we were utterly inept with Matt Ryan and Julio and Devontae yeah. for a team that had that should have lit it up. Like, that, yep. that you have way too much offensive talent and decent offensive line not to play faster and light it the hell up. For those, for those uh, not, not sure what Sean's talking about, he's talking about him and his brother's dynasty team, uh, Lots of Falcons on that squad. But that actually takes us into our next topic, Sean. We also have a, uh, a rookie draft coming up next week for the Dynasty, Dynasty League. And uh, one player that is going to pretty much spin the board on its head right now is Sony Michelle, uh, out with a knee procedure, out at least 10 days. All the word in New England here is that he probably isn't going to play in the preseason, which is going to give Rex Burkhead a huge leg up to secure the early down roll. Uh, the Dion Lewis type role that allows Jeremy Hill or Mike Gillisley to have their job essentially because both or one of them was going to be on the roster bubble. Uh, and then, of course, James White will continue to be the third down back and uh, take over pass catching duties. But in a rookie draft, I, I think we can both agree that Sony Michelle is nothing more than a late round flyer pick in, in redraft leagues. But in the dynasty draft, Sony was we had him ranked as our fourth highest rookie this year when we did our rankings back. You, in, you uh, guys in, did. Yeah. I did not. The accrual. You you had I him know, as I your know. sixth. You had him yeah. as your sixth. Um, I had him at four. So and, and we, we are in the process of updating that, which yes, we we'll are. be posting out. So I, I know you want to get to that too. Correct. So my question is right now, you know, for example, I have pick six in our dynasty rookie draft. Is Sony Michelle going to drop to me there? And if he does, is he a good pick for me at pick six? Okay. Consensus, anybody and everybody, Saquon Barkley's the number one pick. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. There's no argument there, even for those like myself that didn't love him as a top five pick in the actual NFL draft. I, I right. just wouldn't spend that on a back. Um, that said, I'd probably take the safe bet and take Geis at two. I know there's some contentious text messages already today. <laughs> um, I would actually personally go Penny three. Four, I'd have Royce Freeman. I'd have Ronald Jones. And then I'd have Sony Michelle, I think. And then Kerryon Johnson, and then I'd just go receivers crazy for the next five, six picks. Actually, I, I take that mm-hmm. back. Nick Chubb is in there, and, man, he's looked good. But there's, you're just not going to get value the next year or two from him. Mm-hmm. I actually would probably have Nick Chubb ahead of the receivers and right after Sony Michelle. And and if another couple weeks go by and Sony still has issues, you can make a case that Nick Chubb's a better bet. Yeah. Yeah, so we're picking, like I said, on Tuesday. Um, so I, we don't have the luxury of time. Nope. Um, I'm, you know, knowing our league and knowing what teams teams need, I'd assume it's going to go first four picks will be running backs. You know, it's going to go Barkley one, guys two, and then, you know, we'll talk about Rashad Penny and our thoughts on him coming up here soon. And then I think two more running backs go. Then I think pick five will be a wide receiver. So I'd be looking at potentially at six, maybe Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, uh, Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb. Personally today, right now, if I'm looking at Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb, I think I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. And the reason being, I know they have Carlos Hyde in Cleveland. As you mentioned, he's looked great. Um, I fortunately do have a luxury of having Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette on my team already, so I don't need an impact player 
day one. However, I think Nick Chubb has the um, best potential out of everybody outside Geis and Saquon Barkley to be a 20-down or 20-touch guy week in, week out once he finally gets that starting role. I, I'd say Penny would be ahead of Chubb, but mm-hmm. I can't argue with that take as much as I'd want to. Here's a few <laughs> things that I know in, a four, in our 14 team are going to happen. I, these are what I know. Baker Mayfield is going to in the top 10 and oh, there's yeah. one team I got a pretty sneaking suspicion is going to take him. I don't know that I agree with it, but it's going to happen. I think Gesicki's going top 10 as well. Wow. And you're going to see a couple decent receivers in the second round area, late teens, early 20s mm-hmm. um, that could could, you know, make some people pretty happy. And then it just becomes an absolute crapshoot after oh, yeah. the top Really, the top 15, even the top 15, there's tiers there. I think you highlighted there's a tier at five. These rookie receivers between Ridley, Moore, Kirk, Sutton, and Anthony Miller, who mm-hmm. is getting a ton of hype, but let's lot, lest yeah. we forget who they're playing against in practice and the fact that Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is not going to be good. Like, that's the problem with all these Bears guys, Allen Robinson included, Jordan Howard no. and Tariq Cohen included. Their quarterback is a problem. And you read the veiled comments from their beat and their team reporters, and you can read right into it. When he's struggling to complete passes and in, in workouts, that's a major problem. Yeah. Yeah, to your point, yeah, Anthony Miller's getting a ton of hype, and so is Cortland Sutton, too. They're saying Sutton's all but locked up the the slot role or the, the th- third receiver role in, in Denver. Well, what uh, you're, if, if you're a Demarius Thomas owner, you are terrified because, right. well, he's going to be gone. I guess you can look at it a couple ways. Is he going to go to the highest bidder, or is he going to go to a team that, that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas has jets written all over him. Oh god. And you've got to if you got to gauge your season. If you're struggling a little bit, you got to dump him this year where he could actually have a solid season cuz he's got a free agency coming up that that isn't going to be all that good for you if if he goes to the highest bidder. Mhm. I think a two uh, a player that we want to look at uh for probably a late round pick um is in Green Bay would be uh, our boy Equanimous. I'm not even going to say I can say his name. I'm just going to call him ESB. Uh, Jamon Moore or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. These are three rookie receivers in Green Bay. Uh, Randall Cobb, ankle injury again, the the same ankle that's been uh, surgically repaired. Geronimo! Um, You got Geronimo Allison, too. I mean, that's going to be a crapshoot to see who the true number two will be there. I mean, and to your point, too, Sean, uh, maybe that means that Devontae Adams turns into that 90-catch, 1,500-yard, 12-touchdown guy. What is Ty Montgomery doing? Can we move this cat back to the slot? Like, I mean, you you got two running backs there already. They probably have right. a third. I didn't look at their depth chart terribly. But, like, Ty Montgomery should be back in the Randall Cobb spot. They can cut Cobb at the end of the season. Like, get this over with already. What the hell's going on up there? I agree 100%. I don't get that. I mean, Jamal Williams is going to be the number one running back to start the season with Aaron Jones on a two-game suspension. But I don't understand why they continue to, to play the game of having Ty Montgomery line up as a running back. They did it out of necessity two years ago, and they continued the trend last year because they still didn't have a running back. But you're right. At this point, they've made investments in running back in, in the draft, so why don't they just move Montgomery back to his his natural position and – Something that he was pretty decent at before he played running back. He wasn't great, but uh, I mean Cobb just can't. He can't continue to be a an impact player for this team anymore. I don't know. If, again, we talked about in the article I posted that maybe it was because he got paid. And now he's just good to go, or he just has bad luck. I'm not sure, but uh, he he you can't rely on him this year. And as much as I wanted him to finally live up to his ADP, it's not going to happen again this year. He's off my draft board. So a couple of rookies that I like, and this is later again, so trying to kind of give folks a look. Michael Gallup, wide receiver Dallas, getting a lot of headlines here lately. I like Anthony Miller. I think he's going to end up going too early now. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're late teens, mid-teens, you're not going to probably get a look at him. I think the same to be said for Baker Mayfield. I think Josh Rosen is a tremendous 
spot for him in the second round um, from an equity. I don't like Sam Darnold. Um, St. Brown's fine. Hayden Hurst is probably going to go a little earlier, but Kasiki's getting all the pub. Watch Hayden Hurst. Uh, Mark Andrew could be someone, but I just hate the fact that Baltimore, who knows what the hell they're doing. They drafted two tight ends in the draft. Lamar Jackson, where does he go? Fresh off a, a poopy performance in the Hall of Fame game. And, you know, if I have a sleeper, Traquan Smith, wide receiver, New Orleans, probably a late second, early third. Uh, I think he's got, you know, some backup to Cam Meredith potential. Um, you know, he's he's not Michael Thomas, but Ted Ginn's going to be a little long in the tooth. they got a couple guys that could be cycling out in the next year or two. And, you know, as long as Drew Brees is there, you're still looking at 4,500 yards and a boatload of targets to be found. Yeah, there's still no tight end there. Uh, Brandon Coleman just got cut, who was one of those guys who was always supposed to flash. Now, my question with Traquan Smith, though, because he does have at least two guys in front of him in – well, three guys with Ted Ginn as well, uh, but Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, and Cameron Meredith. By the time Traquan Smith finally puts his stamp on a starting role, will Drew, be, Drew Brees even be in the NFL anymore? That's That's – a fair question. Here, here's what I'll say about quarterback. Ooh, breaking you, news, Sean. Breaking news. Browns trade Corey Coleman to the Bills for a draft pick. Wow. So I guess maybe that means Josh Gordon is not suspended, or maybe that means Des Bryant signing. Um, I told Mark today, Des Bryant's getting signed. Yeah. Because I know we've been on this. We've tweeted it. We've we've been out in front of it. And Tuesday is going to come and pass, and he's not going to be practicing. And everybody can make up this hard knocks nonsense hard knocks is not that big of a deal they've had cameras there the last two years doing making the browns and doing that thing on the home shopping network that d haslam hooked up whatever the hell it is rue would know that better he watched that garbage (laughs) i'm telling you guys josh gordon is not on my draft board he's not on it i he can go in the third round it's great for me one more spot i get to move up i got a handful of guys on the draft board and he's one of them that's, that is uh, a shocking trade. Admittedly. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I, 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 mean, I want to know what draft pick, but that is that's that's a shocking one. I'll probably start getting buzzed here by the uh, the Browns chat. Yeah, I just tweeted it out right now. Um, that's interesting, huh? You know, I, I'm just surprised by that because with the questions surrounding Josh Gordon, Des Bryant being no sure thing if they do sign him. I mean, they have Antonio Callaway, who I don't. I've, I've heard he's made a few nice catches, but he's still a project. Um, obviously, Jarvis Landry, who we haven't even touched on yet, but he's rising up my draft board too. He looks like he he might be a player in Cleveland. They have a better wide receiving core than they've had in a long time, but I still think Coleman could potentially have you know had a chance to cover a role. He went to the Bills, and honestly. I'm surprised the Bills didn't. They just activated Zay Jones. I'm really surprised they didn't throw Zay Jones back over the fence. Mm. After just, his his offseason shenanigans. Yeah, tr- troubled for trouble. And On that just spice game. See see what happens, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Well, but, you, you joke about Zay Jones. Who, who's the... Who's the likely Jay jo- Zay Jones contender this weekend? Because I think it's our podmaster at one, <laughs> one uh, Jerry Burrs. All right, uh, let's move on to... Um, yeah, we nailed the rookie stuff. Good deal. We did. We did. Good good work. Um, we'll post uh, that out. We'll have updated rankings coming here in the ne- in the coming days. So Let's on move on to uh, to Corey Coleman's new uh, teammate, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, where are you drafting him today? Oh, so here's the rub. Corey Coleman, or Corey Coleman, I, I just looked at your tweet here. Um, LaShawn McCoy would have been a potential in range in the second round. He's off my board. Doug Baldwin, he's not entirely off, but he's like on the cliff, and it's more like third-round grade, and then I'm, I'm searching for someone else in the third round. Um, but I, I I don't – knowing Goodell, I don't know how LaShawn McCoy doesn't get, a, doesn't get suspended. They just hate this stuff heading into the season. If you're going to – if you're going to take LaShawn McCoy, then you have to love Mark Ingram too because, like, numbers-wise, 
he's a little better, but at the same time, like at least you know what his suspension is, Ingram's suspension is. Right, right. Yeah, McCoy because the, could the, be a four, could be a six. If it's a six with the bye week, that's more than half your season. It could be the season too. I mean, look at what Adrian Peterson they could put went him through. on the Adrian Peterson thing. This is the problem with all of this: is there's no consistency with that in mind. Um, so it, it's just crazy, and I'm reading right now. It's a fifth pick for Corey Coleman. It goes to a third if he hits 800 yards. Okay, that's. I mean, it's probably not going to happen because Josh Allen's terrible. Uh, well, McCarron's it's going to be AJ McCarron. All three quarterbacks on that roster are terrible. But I mean, he he's not fighting anybody for targets other than Charles Clay and Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. So he probably goes in and is the most talented receiver in the receiver room. It's not to say that. Uh, that's going to be worth a damn, but still, that that's you're giving up on a former first round pick, Blickenoff winner. It just I know he, he struggled in Cleveland, um, but he had a few games where he really flashed and was really good. So um, a little bit shocking, but to, back to Lashawn McCoy. I'm not I, he's off my board. I can't take him this year. Uh, maybe if he's in the sixth, seventh round, but there's absolutely no way he slips past the third, fourth round. Yeah, see, that, that's how I am. Where I won't take him in the third round, and I know by the time my fourth round, I just don't think he's going to be there. Um, so I don't think I have to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll let somebody else make that mistake. Uh, seems like a player Dan Shrek would take as his fourth running back in the fifth round, so we'll let him grab him there. Um, injury just came up that uh, impacts one of my sleepers that we talked about last week, Sean. Jordan Matthews, hamstring injury, quickly cut slash placed on the IR by the Patriots. Not sure exactly what's going on. They're probably going to come up with an injury settlement, I've, I've heard, if he's able to come back healthy this year. Um I thought that this would mean that Des Bryant would be an option in New England. Not that I thought it was a good idea, but it ends up that Eric Decker was picked up by the Patriots. Signed to a guaranteed contract of only $75,000, and it could go up to about over $2 million with incentives. I think Decker's actually – I was very surprised that he was still a free agent. I know he struggled last year uh, when he came back from a knee surgery and a hip surgery, but he's one of those players who could play the outside and play the slot, was the number one receiver in, with the Jets for a while, and was really a, a pretty good red zone threat. Um, where do you see him fitting with the Patriots now that he's uh, signed on? Uh, 35 catches, 600 yards, probably a couple not actives. Yeah, it's fine. The first he, he's what he is. He's a stopgap until Edelman. Yeah, and also, um, you know, Kenny Britt's on the PUP right now. Um, Malcolm Mitchell, I don't think he still hasn't practiced, you know, you know, live full contact or anything like that. He hasn't played in two years. Uh, you know that that receiving core is decimated right now. Um, and and Decker, I think he has a chance. I'll put to, it this way: Do you guys like they kill for Danny Amendola right now? I mean, the reports out of my, Miami are fantastic. Yeah. He's basically a you know poor man's less athletic Jarvis, but he's still going to have value there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Pats kind of dropped the ball on that. He he got paid though. I mean, he got six and a half million dollars, yeah. which was but as they much got as got out in front before he got an offer. Right. Yeah, they could have. If, if they really wanted to, they could have. You know, he mentioned a few things that made it sound like that uh, he wasn't happy with how things ended in New England uh, with the whole Belichick, Brady, and um, you know, bullshit that, that was going on between them. So I think he kind of left with some bad, some bad blood. And knowing Belichick, when he's done with you, he, he's just done with you. And he probably didn't even offer Amendola a contract. But, uh, yeah, they, they probably wish they had his services. Now, with that being said... <laughs> Who's to say that Amendola is not going to go out week one and pull a hamstring and be out for six weeks? Because that's just what he's always done. Last year, he was healthy all 16 games. They used him when Edelman was out. He still he had 60-some-odd catches for you know 580 yards. He, was, he wasn't great. I mean, they're just going to lean on Gronk in, in the first four weeks, I think. And that's why you know we're talking about draft strategy and who I'm looking at in the second round. You take Gronk as your tight end, and he, he produces wide receiver one numbers for at least those first four weeks, and then he's going to be great the rest of the season. So I think it's really just going to be Gronk who's going to, who's going to be the, the main beneficiary with Edelman being out and limited weapons being around them. Your point, Decker, 35 catches, 600 yards. I don't think that's far off if he even makes the roster week one. So I think uh, he makes it. He's just potentially cuttable. I, yeah. I'll say this. If Brady and him do click, though, which I think could easily happen, yep. um, I, he, could, he could last through the year and, 
you know, that with those numbers, he could have a couple big games or solid games even within there. So mm-hmm. uh, he's just not someone you can count on. Um, I, I, it's Hogan. It's you know, it's a couple of these others. Yeah, so I think we, we both are in agreement that, yeah, he should be drafted in your fantasy leagues, but he's probably a late-round flyer, end-of-your-bench type guy. Um, where are you taking Hogan this year? He's not someone I'm looking at either. Okay. I, I, I just I, – he's probably – let me think about this. Uh, two, three, four, five, six, or six and seven. I'd look at nine or t- round nine, and he's going around eight, but he's not early eight for me, I think, probably. Okay. He's just not anybody I bothered to to look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably a wide receiver three this year. <sighs> Seventh round maybe is where I consider taking him. Uh, he's definitely one of those guys where I'm probably taking my third, my first bench running back before I take a guy like Chris Hogan. That's that's the spot on right there. Yep. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about this running back battle in Seattle too. Uh, oh, pretty God. important. Here we are again every year. <laughs> But at least we're talking about at least one guy. Who's I, here, here's my take. It's really role. simple. Pete Carroll is lying. He's lying. Chris Carson is not. No, they but drafted Rashard Penny. Chris it's Carson not, might play. It's a, this is pushing. Rashard Penny is the guy. Will be the guy. Mm-hmm. They will play Carson on first down. Penny's going to be the primary though, second and third down. And trust me, they're going to be in second and third down a lot because this well, team it, and that offensive line sucks. Donkey. <laughs> so Nuts. I'm telling you, it's Penny's the guy to have. I don't like either of them. I will say this: Penny at for a 14 team league again, he's not in my radar in the rounds four and five, and he'll go probably even before that. And I wouldn't yeah. take him at four and five. Well, to your point about um, about Harbaugh or not Harbaugh, Pete Carroll talking up Chris Carson. It's not Harbaugh that's talking about. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's not. Uh, Pete Carroll that's talking about. It's actually the media that's talking about Chris no, Carson. No, no, no. I, I can send you the quotes. He keeps saying how great a shape he is. I mean, he wants to date this guy, take him out for a nice seafood, <laughs> some crab and some shrimp, and feed it to him out of his hands, or maybe body body uh, sushi off of it. He loves this guy. And the guy, honestly, there's videos of it. He didn't hit the hole hard enough, whatever. The guy's just not that good. He makes mm-hmm. seven-yard gains when should be 15-yard gains. There's no burst. There's no breakaway. It's not there. So you're you're safe to say that you are not on the Chris Carson train. If they train. love Chris Carson as much as they did, Luke, why did they trade up and take a running back in the first round when they clearly needed some, some defensive support or even just offensive line? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate why? agreeing with you. I hate agreeing with you, Sean. But no, I, I do agree. I think that they they invested significant draft capital to take Rashad Penny. He's going to be the starter. They want him to be the third, the, a three down guy. Um, and he he caught the ball at San Diego State. He's very productive there. Broke the the record for most yards all time, I believe, uh, rushing yards. So. I think that he, he will definitely be the guy there. I am not buying to the Chris Carson hype. Let somebody else draft Chris Carson. If I have the opportunity to draft Rashad Penny as my number two running back in the fourth round, which probably could be there early fourth round. I, I would definitely consider it based on how the rest of my draft goes. Uh, but I do have trouble. I think a lot of the times, though, people are going to go back to last year and all the rookie running backs and how great they were last year and even the year before with Zeke. Yeah, uh, that I agree with you here. And that scares the hell out of me because then what happens is is you get the group think where everybody's saying, well, the running backs last year did it. Why can't the running backs this year do it? Barkley's well, going to go at like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. All these guys are going to go way or Kyrian Johnson, Geis, they're all going to go way earlier than they should. Right. And some of it is the, the camp reports. They're feeding that. Let, let's let's think about this. Why? Who does it behoove when you rave about these rookie running backs in their camp? The team, the decision makers, GM or coach. Mm-hmm. It makes them look great when they're raving about it, and then the season starts. You're like, well, yeah, he just he didn't acclimate. And then, but who's the one that's got to pay for it? The the the, the fantasy owners because mm-hmm. they read all this stuff, went by the direction. The best commodity is a known commodity availability, everything. And you just don't know with these college kids sometimes. You still – I mean, Barkley's still there. There's a time and a place for a Ronald Jones. It's just not in round three. Right. Remember, everybody said Felix Jones was going to be the next stud because he was uber-athletic, and what did he do? He was nothing. And, and that's why I will – if anybody ever asks me my thoughts on dynasty rookies, 
I always say, if you can trade them and get a solid veteran for a pick, you know, if you can get a wide receiver two that has had two or three years of production, you know, a, a running back two that's had a few years of pr- production, you trade the pick for the player ten times out of ten because you know what you're getting. I mean, you got to check the contract status. I agree. Yeah, of course, I, I, I of agree course. with you. And, but I'll say this: you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Dalvin Cook. Yep, you've weathered the uh, like these guys can play, so you, they're gold for at least two or three years. Now they get to when you're in Le'Veon range. Now you got to like just like the team has to make a commitment. You've got to decide if you make a commitment or not. Right. And right. sometimes you got to jump off the ship with this on a year before or when mm-hmm. value's high and have the foresight to see it into these next pockets. Sure, sure. You know, speaking of commitment. Um, Adam Thielen versus Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs just got a huge contract extension from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we, we talked about Adam Thielen and Diggs a few weeks ago, or last week. You asked me real quick who I liked over which one I preferred, and I said Adam Thielen. I'm still in that camp, I think, just because of consistency. However, the Vikings like what they got in, in Diggs. Um, where, where are you at with the, the Diggs versus Thielen conversation? Where so are you drafting I'll, each one? I think I touched on this, but I'll, I'll reinforce it real quick, though. If Thielen is a top 15 guy and Diggs is potentially a top 15 guy and Rudolph's a top 10 tight end and Dalvin Cook's, by, by loose standards, a top 14 running back, A, how good is Kirk Cousins going to be? And B, how, where in the hell are the Vikings going to lose a game with the defense that they have? So I right. think people have to temper a little bit of things. That said, if I think I'm tempering it, I'm tempering it with Stefan Diggs. I like Thalen. I think with Thalen it's the safest. I think you're looking at 80 and 1,100. You might get four touchdowns, five touchdowns, but Kirk Cousins, something just – Kirk Cousins kind of – can play certain games and be a clogged toilet and it's <laughs> nine to three and he doesn't punch it in or you know it, he needs you know when he was at his best Jordan Reed was playing and they got up and down and even with Garcon they, they just did a lot more kind of up and down things and they didn't have that last year they got bogged down Jamison Crowder this more like inside 10 yards stuff even Chris Thompson, if Chris Thompson's playing, it's one thing because he makes you know magic happen. But if he's not, they're so dependent on explosive plays out of thin air. You got to wonder: Are they going to get that? And maybe you're saying they get that from Diggs. But for me, I'd, I'd ride with the steady Eddie. I, I'd take Adam. That's racist. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like. Racist? I don't know. I, don't I know. love Dalvin Cook. He, he actually, <laughs> I, he's the guy that I think is going to shine about everything. I think Rudolph. Falls back, and I think Dig fa- Diggs falls back. Oh, Rudolph definitely races, falls back. It'd be yeah. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, the running game it will be really interesting in in Minnesota. Obviously, Cook got hurt early on last year, so he has had a lot of time to recover. Mike Zimmer said Cook is more than ready to go. So, be right. I mean, the AFC, the NFC North is going to be uh, between them and the Vikings or the the Packers. Will be really interesting to watch that all play out and. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this Minnesota offense, and that defense is scary. But with me, Thigs, uh, Thielen is just far more consistent. Uh, he also has, I mentioned, he had more than five catches almost every game last year, uh, and he also had big play games, too. He's got big playability. Uh, he's got the body size for it to be a wide receiver one. So I still don't trust him as my wide receiver one by any stretch of the imagination, but he's being drafted as okay. a second wide receiver, so he's he's been pretty good. But um. Speaking of wide receivers, though, uh, there are a few guys who are outside our top 10, you know, falling in the wide receiver 20s right now, but always one of those guys steps up and ends up being a, a surprise wide receiver, uh, top-tier wide receiver. Who do you think that's being drafted in, like, the 6th, 7th round has a chance to, to break into the top 10 wide receivers in 2018? Um, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to happen, but you can. You, there's a path for Sammy Watkins to, to be a top 10 wide receiver. What, you said top 10 or, or tighter than that? I say top 10. Yeah, because it, 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 in top five, real brutal um, to try and squeeze in. Mm-hmm. I, I, Sammy Watkins, I guess, would be my 
really far out there. No way it happens, but if I, you know, bank on something, I I would I would throw a little bit of shekels there. Okay, you stole my guy. Uh, I oh, I is think it really? Lot- oh yeah, I, I, I'm on Watkins this year. Um, so here's the thing: I can't get. Mm-hmm. I don't get the Marvin Jones love fest. Oh, I hate it. The Marvin Jones, I don't get out Evan Ingram. Because I wasn't maybe prepared last week for, for some of the stuff we were talking. Like, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see Michael Crabtree. Uh, excuse me. I don't see um, – I mean, I, I, I'd i rather a Golden Tate. I don't I don't really – Jay Ajay, Alex Collins. Like, I can go on. I, I think I mentioned last week Drake. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see that at all. Um, Zach Ertz, I don't like anything that you look into number-wise with Ertz. Um, So I I suppose, yeah, I stole yours for the sake of trying to come up with another. See, I thought you liked Allen Robinson. Oh, I do like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's my – He's my number two. I have Watkins one because I believe in Mahomes. I think they're going to get it right. You know, we're hearing the the fad right now is to talk about all the interceptions he's throwing, but people neglect to, to mention the big plays he's making. However, it's funny that the big plays are against no defense, so that, that's totally different, no pass rush. But um, I just think that Watkins is fully healthy. He's had a whole preseason, a whole offseason with the Chiefs. Andrew Reid always finds a way to get his players to be productive. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you another one, Jarvis Landry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think he could be a top five guy. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get him because he's he's actually in your spot, in your back end third um, or early fourth. But where's Rue Phillips drafting? Because he'll take him second. (laughs) uh, He won't take him second, but he will take him third. Oh, okay. He'll beat me. I'd venture to say that. Um, But, yeah, so that that would be – I'd throw him in there. I'd throw Jarvis and Sammy Watkins as – the outside, the top ten that could finish in the top ten, maybe even top seven. With Allen Robinson, um, I know you don't believe in Trubisky, and that's fine. I get that. He had a lot of questions coming out of North Carolina. People are surprised he went as early as he did. I think that Bears management kind of got jaded by the fact that he was a quarterback and, and just made the move to, to get their guy. You know, I do have some faith in – and Nagy coming over from uh, the, the former offensive coordinator at Kansas City, coming over as the head coach of the Bears now, bringing more of a, you know, the explosive offense we've seen with the Chiefs. Um, and I think just making it work with Trubisky. And, and, but as you mentioned, but he okay, has If it works, though, isn't he going to work by moving the ball around? Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill was a top five uh, wide receiver last year. And I know he. It was a little bit different because Tyreek Hill had like five straight games of a seventy-five plus yard touchdown. But you know, if Allen Robinson is fully back from that ACL, he already did it once with a shitty quarterback with Blake Bortles. He was a top five wide receiver two years, three years ago, um, with with Bortles just chucking the ball all over the field. Yeah, but yeah, oh, okay. I, I, so I, can... I, I think that he's just a talented player that can go ahead and get the ball just much like DeAndre Hopkins does. Uh, when anybody other than Deshaun Watson's playing quarterback for the for the Texans, so that's why I like Allen Robinson. But I, I get it. I get why people wouldn't like him. Same reason why you know I don't like Marvin Jones either. I look at his stats: seven catches, 107 yards, two touchdowns, one game. Next game, one catch, 22 yards. I mean, he I, had, I'd rather have Will Fuller than than Marvin Jones. They're pretty much the same player, uh, and and you know, they're getting drafted three rounds apart, probably. Exactly. Yep. You know, last year Marvin Jones finished with 61 catches, 1,100 yards, and nine touchdowns. Great numbers, but he did 30% of that in in two to three games. So I don't like that. I always try to stay away from guys like that. I never had a guy like Deshaun Jackson on my team because you you love the you love the booms, but you hate the busts, and the busts are more often than the booms of those guys. And I, you really have to understand how your roster construction is, and mm-hmm. if you can live with some of the busts. You know, right. if you've got if you sit there and you've got a, a a Gronk, a couple steady running backs, like if you've already got a path to sixty seventy points, you can live with that. Where you get a five point stinker, but you've got to draft exceptionally exceptionally well in some other areas. Um, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna throw caution to the wind with some of these guys that are boom and busts. Sure thing, sure thing. So now let's switch over to the running backs uh, position real quick. Anybody outside your, you know, your top twenty that you think could finish as uh, low end RB one, high end RB two? 
you know, I'm giving away trade secrets here. <laughs> um, Deion Lewis is probably outside the top 20. Um, mm-hmm. That He's probably on the cusp, though. I, this is, you know, a guy like Royce Freeman, um, just because it's rookie and you'll get opportunities versus, like, you know, Tevin Coleman, but you have to hope for injuries. I don't think that's where the basis of the question is. Um, I don't like Marlon Mack. I think, actually, they drafted two running backs, whether they want to say it or not. I'll give you one that could finish in the top 20. I'd, I'd be shocked, though. But a, a Crowell. I think Isaiah Crowell, tons of opportunities, first and second down. Um, if they move the chains and they finish in the middle of the pack on offensive plays, Isaiah Crowell will be ample production at that spot. And you're probably, what, late 30s with where he's going at the running back spot. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Crowell's a good pick there. Uh, I mentioned Rex Burkhead as a player I like. Yeah. I think even more so now that Michelle could miss some time. I think Burkhead could, if he, if he continues the, the touchdown read he had last year, could definitely finish well within the top 15. I think C.J. Anderson. Yep. I don't understand why C.J. Anderson doesn't get more pub. I mean, Jonathan, C.J. Anderson was a 1,000-yard back last year in Denver. They got rid of him because he wasn't dynamic. He was just good enough. Well, and here's the problem. If they had Case Keenum last year, C.J. Anderson's a 1,200-yard back. Sure. And they probably yeah. signed him to a – they probably can't afford him, actually. Right, right. So now that he goes to Carolina where Jonathan Stewart just got 200 carries and was getting like three and a half yards a carry, you know, if C.J. Anderson gets four and a half yards a carry, he's at 1,000 yards. He's going to get close to double-digit – well, probably not close to double-digit touchdowns because Cam will take a lot away from him. But he's still going to get plenty of touches, and he's being drafted as, a, as a, your third running back, which – I might take him as my second running back in like the sixth round and and compare that to ADP, and it's going to look like a terrible, terrible pick by me. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I would say is CJ is somebody that I looked at, and again, I'm my wraparounds are two and three and four and five and six and seven. He was someone that I would perk up at eight and 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 certainly snag it at the early part of nine. Um, so I I feel like. That would be a stretch, but at the same time, I can't fault it because I'd roster him, um, and I'd roster him. Ideally, I'd like him as an RB4, but just with the dynamic of the running backs this year, he's probably going to be an RB3. And I'll, I'll say this. I love an Ingram, C.J. Anderson, or Isaiah Crowell match at your mm-hmm. RB2. Like, mm-hmm. that is a perfect pairing. Um it's so difficult to do that in a 14 team versus even a 10 or 12 be or mostly a 12 because you just it's an extra four picks every two rounds where he could get snatched up so it's tougher to pair up but if you're looking for that that's a nice pairing there because you burn him out early and then you got Ingram to fall back on and if sure. you had Ingram last year like he makes a ton of sense as an RB2 it's an upper end RB2 but he's also going to be out for half for five games of your season uh, of the first ten with bye week and four games suspended. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I still even think you saying that in the ninth round, CJ Anderson being drafted, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I would go two oh, rounds uh, earlier than that. Yeah, I think. that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go rapid fire real quick and wrap this up. Uh, we got a couple more questions we want to go over. Uh, first one, Jimmy Garoppolo is he a QB one this year? Yeah, but you you're he's not in top ten quarterbacks taken. Okay, I think you he's agree in that. Yeah, I agree. I think he's in that um, that Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, QB one, QB two range. Um, I think he's getting more pub as a as an NFL quarterback than uh, a fantasy quarterback. Um, and and it, interestingly enough, too, we always thought Pierre Garcon would be the guy this year, but it looks like Marquise Goodwin could be the wide receiver one in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, you, see, uh, I don't know. I, I agree with the, that he's getting all the pub right now, but, man, i got to see when games start that, that Garcon's produced consistently for years now. Right. If he falls into the Crabtree role like Oakland the past few years – Garcon's going to have a tremendous amount of value. 
it's weird though. Garcon still is being picked ahead. I think that's going to flip in the next week, mm-hmm. and Garcon's going to have a ton of value in where he's been the last few years. The hundred range, hundred, hundred and fifteen in that range there, which is the what seven, eight, nine round kind yeah. of spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, best late QB value this year. I got Derek Carr, Case Keenum. I think both guys have an opportunity to be. You know, borderline QB ones week to week, uh, finish within around 12 to 15, 12 to 16 once the season's over. Uh, I like both those guys to take late, especially if you're doing, uh, you know, a quality QB factory. Shout out to Nick Vern uh, by just taking a bunch of guys towards the end of the draft and not drafting one of the big guys. Uh, so I like those two late in drafts. Where, where are you at in uh, QBs for value? Uh, Alex Smith is, is the guy that just screams to me. Um, I think – you're from one Gruden to the other. I think John Gruden's gonna just try and run like hell. I think they're slow the game down. I don't know what the hell they're doing with Khalil Mack. I want a Browns pod to touch on that here in a couple days, hopefully with uh, the Monday Night know, Man, Monday Night Man, and uh, and Roof Rue uh, after they come back from camp tomorrow. Um, or at least I know Mark's there. I don't know about Rue, but like I, I think Alex Smith's like a guy that with kind of a you know, shiny star. I think Phil Rivers is getting a little bit of uh, lost in the shuffle here. I think Marcus Mariota it, it has tremendous amount of potential along with Matt Ryan. I think all those guys are going outside the top 12 quarterbacks, and I fundamentally do not see it. I think it's bounce back for two of those three. Um, and, I, I mean, Alex Smith has actually had three, four, five great years when right. you look at, like, where he's went versus he can- um, what he's delivered. And he continues just to get overlooked in fantasy drafts because just that he still has that stink on him from his time in uh, San Francisco. The like. weird thing is, is everybody loves Cam, and Cam goes through this. Cam and Alex Smith are kind of the same player, but Alex Smith doesn't throw interceptions, right? And he doesn't right. run for the touchdowns, but he still mm-hmm. runs for some. Yeah, and he yeah, will run for some for Washington. And the touchdowns and lack of interceptions kind of make it a wash, but you know Cam's doing his dances. He's a little bit more flashy than all the other guys than Alex Smith, and Alex was just steady as he goes. I think he has a good year in Washington. Um, do the I feel comfortable? Washington drafting didn't him? take a quarterback. Told sent me signals too. Well, they they signed uh, Smith like a five year extension. So well, yeah, but it, you know that was a two year type situation. Right, right. With right. it, that makes the sense. fact that yeah. they were that committed tells me a lot. True. That makes sense. All right. Uh, last question. Tight end position. I mean, what's your what's your take on it? Oh, I mean, it's a disaster. I don't like <laughs> Greg Olson. I don't like Evan Ingram. I don't like Jimmy Graham. I don't like Zach Ertz. Um, I, don't, I fundamentally, I don't see me taking a tight end until round eight. Mm-hmm. I under almost any circumstance, barring. Barring Gronk at the second or third round. He's not going to be there at the third round because he's a perfect wraparound candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I'm I not in love with Kelsey um, because of Mahomes. I think he dips by 15, 20 receptions, and I think red zone's a problem with rookie or with first-time quarterbacks. You just don't know what to expect. I think you saw that in Goff's first year, and then Goff adjusted this past year. I think you can end up with, you know, it's going to sound crazy, but if Tyler Eifert can can practice <laughs> the next couple weeks, he's Tyler a great Eifert. he's a great round twelve guy, round eleven guy, isn't he? I'm not as your starter, but if he's your two, and all of a sudden he pops, and you delayed yeah. on tight ends, I, I, I'll let me put this. Can way. you go, can you can you get by with OJ Howard and Tyler Eifert? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Eifert was so touchdown dependent in his one big season. So was he, Zach Ertz. No, no, Zach Ertz was Zach Ertz was was reception dependent. Zach Ertz was getting like ten receptions a game. He, that's what that's where he made his money. Uh, you know, that's where Trey Burton came in and, and was was good when Ertz was out. Um, I just think with Eifert, who knows if he's going to be healthy? And when he is healthy, he's not going to get you five six catches a game. He's going to get you two catches, but they're going to be two touchdowns. Ertz uh, had eight eight TDs last year. Yeah, that was last, but he but he look at his reception numbers though. He was averaging like eight to nine receptions a game, I believe. Well, he, got, he, had, he had seventy four receptions. And he, how many games did he miss? He missed like two or three games. He missed two games. Hashtag math, okay. But he catches a that's, game. That's that's five catches. That's, that's about, five. No. 
Can you do math? 14 se- games divided by 74 is 5.3. Okay. Math. Five. <laughs> Shit. How many yards? 820. Zach Ertz's numbers. Now, he may have back-ended some of that stuff, but Zach Ertz's numbers, I've told you this, they don't make sense for where he's going. His numbers aren't better than Delaney Walker, and that's two rounds later, and I don't even like Delaney Walker. Okay, you hate, you're hating on the tight end position tonight. Hating on it. What's to love? I'll tell you, a, a guy that I'm targeting late potentially is, you know, you can look at Trey Burton, which even actually, you know, he's oh. actually not even, he, he's not going that late either. Um, yeah, he's exactly. Actually, he's getting a lot of pub too. Who's but his quarterback? Your boy, Trubisky. Uh, exactly. How, how many guys Trubisky going to have career years for this year? <laughs> Is is Trubisky a QB ten? Well, would you take would you take Mike Jasicki? Would you take him? You know, in the I, okay, ninth, here, tenth here, round. Here's what I would say: would you start with him. Out Gasicki in a redraft is going later in a dynasty. He's going to go earlier, but he's actually going later than he should. Mm-hmm. Gasicki should be ahead of Trey Burton. I had a guy uh, tweeting at me. Uh, he was a Dolphins fan because I, I mentioned that you know Jasicki has an opportunity to be the Evan Ingram of of twenty eighteen just because there's not a lot around him, and I got chirped at the uh, the, the wide receiving core for the Dolphins was you know stud like with Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson. And I, Albert Wilson, yeah, and, they can't find a spot for. Him. And, Those and other one of the two guys might be Stills. Okay. I don't love. He's a deep guy. But yeah, they'll be Parker, okay. I think actually has some potential this year too. That that keep keep playing that game. I mean, I, I'm all I'm all set thinking that Devontae Parker has has more potential. The guy's had potential for the last four years. He's been in the league and he hasn't done shit with it. So, I think sometimes you just gotta cut bait with a guy. And I think Parker's that guy. For Why was that year. guy getting mad? He the, Gesicki's on the Dolphins. He should like Gesicki. Well, he tried telling me that Gesicki's gonna be just be a red zone threat and he's not gonna get peppered with targets because the the wide receiving core and and Kenyon Drake's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. I received yeah, a list yeah. of about eight guys. In front of him, but you know, yeah, how whatever. about this too? Have you? I know you. You got a hard on for Kenyon. You looked at Kenyon's numbers when Damian Williams is healthy. You looked at Marvin Jones' numbers when Kenny uh, Galladay is healthy. These numbers, you've got to compare them when when the full roster's there. Because if they sure. ha- these guys magically play 14, 15 games, you've got. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, why the hell is he not on the field? He he's not on the field because they love Damian Williams in pass protection. If Gesicki plays from the 20 to 20, he's getting the ball 50% of the time because there's no reason he should be on the field 20 to 20 otherwise. He's a liability blocking, a liability. So if he's on the field, he's going out for a pass. And if he's going out for a pass with Tannehill, it's one – if he's not the first option, he's the second option, and then Tannehill doesn't go further than that. So he's going to force it to to Gesicki – particularly with that catch radius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I, tight, I, I do not trust rookie tight ends in any situation. You look at Evan Ingram last year was the first tight end since Jeremy Shockey to be a legitimate tight, number one tight end in fantasy football. The position just takes a while to develop into a... And Evan Ingram couldn't catch the ball, and he's got bust potential this year. And Evan Ingram had no Odell Beckham, no Brandon Marshall. And Shepard was out for a bunch. Shepard, exactly. So he just got peppered with targets, and he, and he, he made something with them. So good for him. But I agree with I you 100% sucked. that he'll be they, overdrafted. They, he, those targets aren't coming to him. He's getting his targets slashed. In half, I agree. Again, I'm 100 percent on board with you on that one. So, I guess if it, if if you're gonna take our advice on what to do with the tight end position, either draft Gronk or punt on the position. You know, don't don't feel inclined to to take a guy who is gonna be overvalued um, and and miss out on on another starter just because you want to fill up the tight end position. I think there'll be plenty of value late. You can find the guys to plug and play, and there's always somebody that steps up mid season. Last year was Austin Safarian Jenkins, who was a, a solid player. He has opportunity in Jacksonville again this year to be serviceable, if not a low-end starter. So, um, Rob Gronkowski or bust at the tight end position here from the Never Ending Glory podcast. So, so Sean, I mean, we hit a lot of topics here tonight. I think uh, not only helped the, the, the listeners get ready for their drafts, but also might have given our, our fellow competitors a peek into our, our strategy, but that's fine. Yeah, We're still smarter, than all, still smarter than all of them, so we'll zig when they zag. Um, 
Anything else you got to report before we uh, we close this bitch and uh, get ready for our draft? I know we got an MLB pod that came out. We got our host, Woo! Reggie. Reggie. Uh, we, had, we had Mr. Luke. Luke C and do we get do we get Nick and Akron on that one? I think we did. So we got those three cats um, talking, you know, lead into playoffs, hoping to get the Monday Night Man, the exclusive Monday Night Man, we'll on see. a pod maybe Tuesday or so. I know we got our dynasty draft. We might try and peel something off after that, or get one of his clean takes post practice tomorrow. He's going to be posting that uh, and pictures from the Twitter handle tomorrow. I know he's going to be looking at the Browns closely. Particularly now, the wide receivers two, three, and four. So we'll see what that may mean. And um, you know, then we got the draft next weekend. We're hoping to try and get some content out uh, during the draft or at the draft. But we'll see what uh, our our fearless producer, one Jerry Burst, can come yeah. up with or concoct next weekend. And we'll see what we will we'll be able to uh, to put out there during the draft. I'm sure a lot of jobs will be on the line if we uh, the shenanigans ever make it out to light. So. Uh, We'll do our best to behave, but the goal is that yeah to definitely do a, a draft recap pod. I'll be I'll be live tweeting the draft and all the picks and you know how things go, and I'm sure all of our followers will be you know telling us how great we're doing, how poor we're doing. Um, maybe we'll even throw up some polls on there to, to hey who should we take with our 18th pick at uh, the back end of our draft. But uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook Never Any Glory Podcast. We're going to continue to churn out the content over at the po- at the website negpodcast.com. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, like us, give us five stars. Hopefully, Jerry can figure out how we get on Spotify. That'd be pretty cool to be on Spotify, but um, he's working on it. Uh, it hasn't gone over so well, apparently. So, but anyway, uh, Sean, you'll be on some Thrive this coming weekend. Next week, Thrive. I will be on Thrive. We don't Plus. have any of that sponsor yet, though. We don't have. We have Thrive Fantasy. Um, check them out. You can go to our Twitter handle and, and use our promo code or click on the link so we get money and you get money but we'll be banging uh, we'll, banging back the rest of the buckeye vodka i know that that, that we got as well so gonna pour um, some some out for haley that's right she's burning <laughs> so. up in 110 degrees in texas no doubt so uh anyway sean i'll see you in about five days here looking forward to it i got that florida state flag waiting for you um and yeah i'll be i'll be popping thrive plus yeah, to make sure i wake up not hungover so good talking tonight Godspeed. I'll talk to you Tuesday night before our rookie draft. I'll be sure to tweet that out as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. No matter what, not Jack Allen. (laughs) Later.